scripture reading tonight will be found in John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. passion and zeal. What I'd like to do is talk about restoring biblical passion and zeal. And it seems to me that many of us as Christians began our Christian life with passion and zeal only maybe for it to waver through the years. I distinctly remember what a deacon's wife said to me when I was a very young preacher She said, Mike, I appreciate your enthusiasm and zeal. And then she quickly added, too bad you'll lose that over time. I suspect she said that because it was something that she'd seen happen time and time again. When you think about it, a Christian without zeal is like the sun without sunbeams. Something is inherently missing. And you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of zeal and there's a lot of passion. We can be passionate about our country. We can be passionate about our politics. We can be passionate about sports. We can be passionate and zealous about our hobbies. Why should we not be passionate and zealous about God and the things of God. I suspect that some in churches of Christ have overreacted to the excesses of Pentecostalism through the years. And as a result, they've almost become afraid that any display of passion or zeal is in and of itself questionable doctrinally. If you lean in that direction, I want you to know that your position is the one that is doctrinally not exactly right. What I'd like to do is talk about biblical passion and zeal, and we'll notice three truths. 
Truth number one, some passages about passion and zeal. Truth number two, components, aspects of biblical passion and zeal. And then third, we're going to focus on 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, and look at passion and zeal up close and personal from the life of Paul. All right? That's what we're going to do. Looking at passion and zeal. Now, here's just a couple of observations. One is this. A leader who has little skill but a lot of passion will often outperform a leader that has lots of passion, lots of skill rather, but no passion. A guy who has passion but not a great skill set will typically outperform one who has a lot of skill but no passion for what they're doing. That is true in any walk of life generally, and it's certainly true in a Christian's life. A person can have all types of talent, but if they lack passion and zeal, they will be outperformed and someone will outshine them who has passion even if they lack the same skill. Passages about passion and zeal. The first one is John chapter 2, 14 through 17. Aaron read that just a few moments ago, and it has to do with Christ cleansing of the temple and how the disciples remembered as they saw this transpire, Psalm 69 and verse 9. And that zeal for God's house would eat him up. Some have offered this as a thought that at that very time some of the apostles wondered if zeal for God's house might cause him to lose his life because he was so passionate and zealous. After all, he's taking on the money changers and some of the religious leaders. Here's another passage, Romans 10 and verse 2. As I'll share with you six or seven passages quickly on the subject. We could look at a number more, but these will be more than sufficient to set the stage for the remaining aspects of our study. Romans 10 verse 2 has Paul speaking of people and saying that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Just as Christ's zeal in John 2 was altogether appropriate because of his concern for the house of God and how the house where God's presence dwelt was to be treated properly, so zeal is appropriate when it is based upon a true knowledge of God and His will. A zeal according to knowledge. Go a couple of chapters over to chapter 12. Two passages from Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, notice first of all verse 8. If you're reading from the English Standard Version, which I often teach from, in Romans 12 and verse 8 it says, One who leads, let him do it with zeal. If you've got the New American Standard or many of the other translations, they'll say something like this. One who leads, let him do it with diligence. Diligence. 
So the idea of leaders leading with diligence and leading with zeal is certainly involved in this passage. Go down just another couple of verses to verse 11. Verse 11. Romans 12 and verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit. By that passage, you might jot down Acts 18, verse 25, where Apollos is spoken of as one who was zealous. He was fervent in spirit. He's passionate about God and the things of God, even though at that point in his life, he only knew John's baptism. Imagine how zealous and passionate Apollos must have been when he heard the way of the Lord more perfectly from Aquila and Priscilla. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Notice verse 2. It speaks of zeal and passion. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 2, Paul is talking directly to the church at Corinth and he says, Your zeal for contributing to the needs of those who have been hurting has stirred up the zeal of other churches. And what Paul is basically telling the Corinthians is this. Now it's time to follow through. You've talked a good game up to this point in trying to to say that, yes, we're going to help with, with the needy. Now it's time to come through. And they would. Their zeal had already set a positive example for other churches. Go to Titus chapter 2 and look at verse 13 and 14. Titus 2, 13 and 14. The idea of passion and zeal are extolled yet again by the Apostle Paul. And he says that we are to be a people For God's own possession, zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. 1 Peter 3.13. 1 Peter 3.13. Who is it that will harm you if you are zealous for what is good? If you're zealous for God and for things that are good, who will harm you? And then turn to Revelation 3. Revelation 3. Notice verse 19. In Revelation 3, you have the letter to the church at Laodicea. The church that made the Lord sick. And Revelation 3.19 says... Be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. And so here briefly, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, there's just a highlighting of some passages that really deal with this matter of being passionate and zealous for the Lord. I ask you, and it's one of the most important questions that I could ask, What really 
lights your fire? What makes you passionate and zealous as it concerns God and His work? What do you get excited about? What do you get stoked about? With many, it will be lost souls and giving them a message of salvation in Jesus. With others, it will be reaching out to people that are hurting. Others. Children really cause me to be passionate because I care about them. And instructing them and helping them in their walk with God, someone's going to say worship is really what stokes my fire. To think about praising God, singing, observing the supper, prayer and the like. Just being with other Christians and that fellowship as we together offer God worship. That really fills me with passion. And these things ought. They're just some really good examples Imagine a person being a Christian, belonging to Christ, but having no passion or zeal for God and the things of Christ. Aspects of passion and zeal, secondly. When we see genuine passion and zeal, it tends to be contagious. Passion and zeal must first of all be personal. It must be personal. We really believe in Jesus. We really believe in a particular ministry. We really believe in missions. We really believe believe in benevolence. Whatever we're talking about as far as the Lord and His work, I really believe in this. It's personal. But secondly, there's another aspect in passion and zeal, and here it is. It's authentic. It's authentic. It's real. It's genuine. Just as the world is attracted to zeal, the world is not attracted at all to hypocrisy. And what seems fake, and the quickest way to turn people off of Jesus and His will is to fake something religiously. To lack zeal and proper passion. Third... Not only is it personal and authentic, here's another aspect of it. It is articulated and acted upon. The zeal and passion we have for God and God's will, we have to act on it. Our words speak of these things and our actions display that. Very important that the aspects show this. The faith that works through love, Galatians 5 and verse 6. When we look at our lives, is it personal? Is it authentic? And is it being acted upon and spoken of 
frequently because we love to. We talk about those things that we're really into and the word zeal means to boil or to be hot for and the idea is this, if we are Christians, people who belong to Jesus, we boil and are hot for our Lord and for His will. Just as the Lord cleared the temple of the money changers, we have a similar zeal as His children, as His people. Third, lastly, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And let's look at Paul briefly. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And look at verses 19 through 23 with me. 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 19 through 23. Four observations about Paul here and the idea of passion and zeal. The first one can be seen in 1 Corinthians 9, 16. Paul was passionate about what he did and we should be too. Paul was passionate about what he did and we should be too. Verse 16. If I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I preach not the gospel. What he's doing, he believes in it. It's personal. He's genuine and authentic about it, Steve. And it's something that just is what he's all about as far as his words and actions. Brother, you're a salesman. You believe in what you're doing. And you're genuine. You really want to try to help people as well as provide for your family. And so what you do in your job shows itself in your actions and your words. That should always be true of Christians too. Notice next. Paul's passion and zeal came out in why he did what he did. Probably no news to you that I'm pretty passionate about talking about Jesus. I enjoy preaching and teaching. I look out there and Terry's smiling. If somebody's hurting in the congregation, Terry's pretty passionate about that, isn't he? And zealous. And so many of you could be great examples of different aspects of Christianity. Somebody's sick, you're there with food and a card and a visit. Things of that nature. When you look at 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, and Tim, this will be right up your alley, seven times he gives a purpose statement so that... I proclaim the gospel so that, so that, so that, and that I might win some, that those who are under the law might be won, so that those that are Gentiles might be won. I become all things to all men so that I may win some. 
you'll see seven expressions just in verses 19 through 23 that are pretty much so that expressions. What he did and why he did what he did. Passionate people are passionate about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Third, passionate people are passionate about how something is to be done. Not just any old way will do. They're passionate about how it should be done. Focus on verse 19 with me. For though I am free from all... I have made myself a servant of all that I might win more of them. I'm free from all, but I want to be a servant of all. I'm going to try to help everybody I can get closer to God, Paul is saying. Because I believe that's how this ought to be done in trying to reach souls. And then, as you just look at the overall context of 1 Corinthians 9, here's a fourth observation. Not just what we're doing we're passionate about, why we're doing it, how we ought to go about it, but who we're doing it for. We're passionate about who we're doing this for. There are some people, Sharia's like this, she has just got the helper's mentality. And after a while, I'm just going, boy, that woman is always working to help somebody. You know folks like that. I know you do. And I would just like to rest for a while. Who you're doing this for, in Paul's case, it's... Jews, it's Gentiles. That pretty well sounds like everybody, and it is. But listen to this. I see my brother Harkness there, and he's smiling. Good to see you, brother. We love you. Think about this. Who we're doing this for is really the Lord. Who Paul was doing this for and talking to others about the gospel. He cared about others and their souls unquestionably. But he was really doing it because he loved the Lord. And when we think about our service, whatever it is that we get passionate and zealous about in the kingdom, in the Lord and in his work, we really should be thinking we are doing it for him. But I'll tell you what, even on those occasions when we're doing something and we're tired and we're doing something and people may not be as gracious or thankful as they should be, we still zealously and passionately help others because in as much as you do it to the least of these, you do it to Jesus. And that is your lesson for tonight. And so we might be zealous and passionate in some ways, but I think we could all be zealous and passionate in more ways like Jesus. Because really when we do things, we do things because we love Him. Thank you for listening. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement.
Maybe there's someone here tonight that needs to come to Jesus, make a decision of zeal and passion to come to him in faith and repentance and baptism and have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. Respond to his grace through faith so you can know forgiveness from Jesus. If you haven't done these things, please do. And for us as Christians, I hope the next few days and the next few years, if we're privileged to live that length of time, whatever length of time we have left, may we be more passionate and zealous for the things that make Jesus zealous and passionate. Let's stand and sing.